0: You are listening to the official podcast of Grace atumwa, Episode 7. We entered this year thinking that we were unshakable. Then 2020 knocked us off our feet. Throughout the month of January, we will train our minds and our hearts to live an unshakable life no matter what happens in 2021. But it all starts with one foundational idea this Sunday. This one idea will enable us to face 2021 with greater strength and resilience. We will explore this and other topics in today's episode based upon Mark chapter one, verses one through eight. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chris Childs.
1: John, John the Baptist, he's out in the wilderness that location is key. It's important. I mean, what, what's a wilderness when you think of the word wilderness, what comes to mind? A desolate place, a place where nothing grows. In in my own mind, I think, why would someone go there? Except we do, except for myself, I know I love to go hiking out into a wilderness of sorts. I know for Boy Scouts as a kid, one of the things we loved when we got to do was wilderness preparedness training, wilderness survival training. Because there's something that happens in the wilderness. There's a reason people like to go hiking. It's because God creates life in the wilderness. All the way through scripture, this is a consistent theme over and over and over and over again. In the wilderness, it's hard. There's suffering, there's pain, but also in the wilderness, God creates life. When we look at the wilderness of 2020, all that's happened this year, it felt desolate at some times. It seemed like this was the kind of year where nothing grows. Why would someone want a year like 2020 it knocked us off our feet it really did and what what was it about the year that knocked us off our feet you could say it was the health crisis you could say it was this disease that's spreading around you could say it's hospitals that's are getting full that's just the tip of the iceberg you could add on the economic crisis of People losing their jobs. And losing their jobs isn't just losing their income, it's losing that sense of here's what I do every day. There's the justice crisis that we saw with bright, wide open eyes this year. The way this world isn't fair to some people, to many people. Not everyone's getting a fair shot and there's the isolation crisis where people are alone and perhaps few people are more isolated than people at care centers at sometimes where they can't leave their room or in some apartment buildings or even for many people who say i'm at risk i am not able leave my home safely. Maybe when we look at this year, the health crisis, the economic crisis, the justice crisis, the isolation crisis are are just magnified by the political crisis where we can't agree on basic things, where people are so divided this year which ties into an interpersonal crisis. You, you, did you see the unfriending movement going on this past summer? Where people would say, I'm unfriending everyone who disagrees with me. And then there's the learning crisis. And I don't have a better word for it other than we have to relearn everything. Basic things, we had to relearn. How do we do grocery shopping? Oh, I'm not allowed to go down this aisle. Do I have to wear a mask or not wear a mask? Can I do it online? How does that work? Which stores do it? Everything got harder. And then there's the autonomy crisis. Can I make my own decisions? I don't mean to go on and on and on, but we've had a lot of crises. And one of the ones that keeps popping up in the news, and I didn't even understand it at first, was this autonomy crisis where people struggle being told what to do because there's something lost there of being able to forge their own future. And all of those crises led to our addiction crisis and I say addiction in the broadest of terms. Yes, ad- addiction to hard drugs. You bet. That's a real crisis. There's addiction to all of the ways that we numb the pain that we're in too, And that's grown this year. And it's a real crisis. But I've got good news because 2020 is almost over. In four more days, the year will end. We turn the page and we're in a new year. Everything's going to be just fine except you and I know. <laughs> what can we expect for 2021? Do we expect we turn the page and we're back to normal on January first? No. do we say we'll turn the page and suddenly our political divides will be over? And we're all going to agree? No, in fact, we say there are friendships that were lost and we're not quite sure how do we restore them again? And yes, there's going to be a vaccine, and we can't wait till we can get it in six months. And we don't know what new things are going to pop up. So what can we expect for 2021? Maybe more crisis, maybe more struggles, maybe more disaster. But what do we desire for 2021? I know what I desire, I desire life, I desire hope. Some stability would be really nice. Joy, connection, some activity. One of the losses I've experienced this year is not being able to take my daughter to go do things. She's only gonna be two once. In this time right here, We are in one of the greatest opportunities to stretch across the gap between what we expect for the future and what we desire for the future. And there's a difference, I know there's a difference, but we have an opportunity to stretch across that gap. Right now we're in a wilderness, a wilderness of transition. We are far enough into this crisis that we can see what happened but we aren't so far in that we're stuck in patterns that we can't change. We can actually see the future on the other side and get ready for that change. We can start preparing now for the life that we want. And we can do that because we believe that in this wilderness, God creates life. You know, it's actually going to be a lot easier for you and for I to make life changes now than it's going to be in 12 months. In 12 months, we're going to start getting stuck into a new future. Right now, we're in this in-between space where we can ask questions about what's really important to us and make real adjustments. And it's because we're in the wilderness. The wilderness is a place of preparation. The wilderness is a place for changing your mind the story of scripture, of the Bible, it tells of the people of Israel who were in slavery in Egypt. And they were rescued by God out of slavery and taken to a promised land. And to lead them, God sent someone named Moses. Now, the distance from Egypt to the promised land should have only taken a few weeks they had to go through the wilderness to get there it should have only taken a few weeks to get there but instead they wandered around that wilderness for 40 years why i'm going to tell you the goal from getting to egypt to the promised land for going through that wilderness the goal wasn't to get the people out of egypt The goal of that 40 years was to get Egypt out of the people in that wilderness. Whenever we're in wilderness, people can either complain about the desert and try and go back to the way things were. Or they can take a posture of openness, of learning with hands open rather than hands clutched. Hands open, letting go of what was and being open to receive what's new. Moses kept on saying to those people back in the wilderness between Egypt and the promised land, no, don't go back. They wanted to complain, they wanted to go back. They said, why did you drag us out here into this wilderness? We were better off in slavery. And he kept saying, no, don't go back, go forward, trust God, let God teach you something new. It took them 40 years to change their way of seeing the world and themselves. And it took 40 years because they weren't open to seeing the world differently, to seeing themselves differently. It took that long for them to change their minds about what it means to be the people of God. Moses' final warnings to the people. It's this, don't go back to the way things were. Now fast forward 1500 years, the followers of Jesus, they follow Jesus into a wilderness. They follow Jesus into a wilderness. He's preaching, he's teaching, he's doing miracles. He's healing people. And a crowd begins to gather around Jesus. There in that wilderness, a crowd. What are they gonna eat? The disciples were practical they said these people need bread send them back send them back home jesus says no he says don't send them back let god teach you something new and there in that wilderness the disciples learned to have faith that god could provide bread for that crowd even there but they learned more than just about bread they learned to have faith about what it means or they changed their mind about what it means to have faith they began to see faith as something completely different see this wilderness theme of changing and learning and growing and new life in the wilderness that permeates our faith story we see it in Jesus himself after he was baptized what was the first thing that happened? He was rushed into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit. The, the, the word for rushed, or sometimes the translation might say sent, but, but the more accurate version is driven. Like you might drive an animal into its pen, drive an animal into pasture. Jesus was driven by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness. The wilderness is a place of, tra- of transformation and preparation. I wonder, and we don't get an answer for this, but I wonder what preparation Jesus needed that led the Holy Spirit to send Jesus to drive Jesus. Wilderness plus. you and me, to Grace Atumwa. Grace Atumwa has been in the wilderness since summer of 2019. It's a transitional period. So when the pandemic hit, we said, oh, we're already in the wilderness. We know how to do this. And this whole time in the wilderness, we're changing our mind, just like everyone else. We're changing our mind about what it means to be the church. And all the way through, even going back to that summer in 2019, there's been a temptation to go back to Egypt to become what we were. And we hear Moses' words to the Israelites in their wilderness. Moses says, no, don't go back. Go forward. Trust God. Let God teach you something new. 2020 is a wilderness year. For everyone. There's a sense of longing for what was. Which in some ways will never come back. Which will always be different from this year forward. And the temptation is to try and go back. But again, we too hear those words from Moses. No, don't go back, go forward. Trust God, let God teach you something new. Change your mind about how to live. Don't go back to the way things were. Which brings us to our scripture today, from Mark chapter one, the first words of the book of Mark. The story of Jesus, John, is in the wilderness, calling people to change their minds. The first thing Mark wants to tell us about the story of Jesus, the good news of who Jesus is, is John was in the wilderness, calling people to change their minds. You you may have heard this passage before, where, where you may have heard the phrase repent. John was calling people to repent for the kingdom of heaven is here, right around the corner. The, the the word actually isn't repent. It's it's often translated as repent and and most biblical scholars today who, who study the Greek languages say that the word repent is probably one of the worst bad translations in the whole Bible. Because it's not really about repenting as in remorse and guilt, feeling sorrowful. The word, I invite you to say it out loud because it's a fun word, metanoia. I like that word, metanoia. It it doesn't really mean repent. What it means is to change your mind. The the translation that Jeff read said, change your mind, change your heart, change your life. Don't go back to the way things were. Metanoia, it's a state when we realize that the way we've been doing things is no longer sufficient. It's about changing your mind. It's about regretting past decisions, regretting those past decisions, but not out of guilt. Just realizing what those decisions cost you. There's no guilt, no shame necessarily associated with simply realizing what those decisions cost you and then committing to new decisions in the future. So here's an example. When I was in college in Pelham, I volunteered with Iowa hospice. And one of my people who I got to visit with was at Good Sam Manitoumla. So I was in college in Pella. I was volunteering at Good Sam Manitoumla. And one winter day, I was running late getting back to Pella for a date with my girlfriend. Her name was Melissa. And I thought I knew a shortcut to make up the time. I thought, I'm not going to be late. I know another way around. But as the snow and the ice hit my windshield, I found my shortcut taking me on gravel roads I'd never seen before. And it was getting dark. And now I wasn't just late getting back for my date with this girl I really liked. I was late and lost in the snow. And at that moment, I had an experience of metanoia. I changed my mind about my shortcut. I called Melissa. I told her I'd be late, and I turned around to take my usual route home across the Waplo Street Bridge up to Highway 63 back to Pelham. And we don't like changing our minds. We like to think that we already have it right. And there's wisdom in the wilderness of me. We've hit the end of what we know. The way we've been doing things, the way we've been thinking about things isn't working for ourselves anymore. That shortcut isn't leading me home. There's a wisdom in saying, I'm going to try something different. What kinds of things do we need to change our minds about? if we're going to be unshakable in 2021. We need to change our minds about vulnerability. But what does it mean to be vulnerable? Because we've all felt that this year, the sense of, I don't have this all together. I don't have it under control. I don't know what's next. And it hits us at a practical level, but also on an emotional and personal level too. We need to change our minds about how do we be vulnerable in a way that gives us strength. We need to change our minds about scarcity. Because we live in this world if there's not enough. We live in this world where the, the dominant narrative is there's not enough for everyone. Better take care of yourself. And that just adds to the problem. That's part of why we've had so many crises this year. If we're going to be unshakable, if 2021 is going to be our unshakable year, that nothing can shake us. We need to change our minds about what does it mean to be present and to really see people. Not just in a guilt driven, I should be present and really see people and talk to people like they're really there Kind of way, but in a the way I'm spending my time putting forth my energy, the way I'm using my technology. Does it allow me to see people? To be unshakable in 2021, we need to actually have a conversation about numbing. These addictions, these these ways that we try to cope, but we don't cope with them there's the heart addictions but there's also the every person's addictions there's the social media addictions there's the negative news addictions I know lots of people I know you do too who are addicted to negative news there's the way we eat to numb the pain that we feel I think that's why I've, I've heard the phrase used talking about all of these pounds that we've gained this year. They call it the COVID-19. Over this next month, we have an opportunity to change our minds in a new series called Our Unshakable Year. Because the chaos of 2020 shook us. And we aren't naive enough to believe that 2021 is going to be any easier. But we are given the opportunity to change our minds about some beliefs that held us back in 2020. And we're going to take that opportunity. Why? Because in 2021, we want to be unshakable. This is my prayer for you. This is also my prayer for myself. This is as I put this series together, our unshakable year. This this is personal for me. This this comes out of deep struggle and wrestling with God of saying, God, if I'm going to be who you've called me to be in this coming year, what's it going to take? How do you want to change my mind so that I can live this unshakable life that you've called me to? Will you pray with me for this coming series, for January, for our new year that's just around the corner? that we would be prepared by the Holy Spirit in this wilderness to be unshakable. Let's pray. That's what we ask for, Holy Spirit. Change our minds about the things that we thought we knew. Give us an openness to seeing the world differently. Reveal to us the ways that you've called us to live differently. And for the people who have felt so shaken this year, the people in our community, in our area, and even around the country and the world, but in our networks of connections, the people that you want to live a different year next year. We ask that by your power, by your miracles, you connect them to hear what they need to hear so that they can live life to the fullest in Jesus' name. We ask this and trust in you for your provision. Amen. Friends, when someone asks you about your faith, what will you say? Looking at this coming week, if someone says, What do you believe? What's your faith mean to you? What would you tell them? Here are some ideas from the day. You might say, My faith leads me to let God teach me something new. Or my faith, and Jesus means I changed my mind about something. Maybe about what it means to be vulnerable. Maybe it means it changed my mind about my stress. Maybe change changed my mind about what 2020 was about. You might tell them, my faith leads me to change my mind about what's important in life. Or my faith leads me to believe that God creates life in the wilderness.
0: Thank you for listening. If you found today's podcast meaningful, we invite you to subscribe to all of the podcasts from Grace Ottumwa. Grace is a congregation of the United Methodist Church located in Otumwa, Iowa. For more information on this podcast or other information on the ministries of Grace Ottumwa, you can find us on the web at www.grace. Otumwa spelled OTUMWA dot org. Thank you for listening.